Kathleen Carnelli here. I am excited to continue our study in James today. So go grab your Bible, a pencil, a notebook. Now open us up in song. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Give you all the glory. We give you all the to receive all glory and honor and power forever. We love you, God. Fill us with your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So open your Bible to James chapter 5. And you know, throughout this whole book, James has been teaching us, encouraging us, warning us, admonishing us in many things. But now he says, picking it up in verse 12, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. So he tells us above all to be people of our word. When we fully grasp that the word, meaning God's word, is truth. And it was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us who gave his life for us. We realize the importance. If we want to be people of our word, we need to be people of the word. Because when his word is in us, truth will come forth from us. And he says, swear not, don't make oaths. Why? Because we can't control our outside circumstances. We are not God. A yes or no will do just fine. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 34. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, 
for it is the city of the great king. Neither shall thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. In the area of the country that I grew up, it was a very common thing to say, I swear to God, when you were trying to convince somebody of something. Now, knowing the word of God and how even Jesus himself warns us not to go that route, I've learned to change my speech. Because when you make an oath before God, he doesn't take that lightly. Have you ever been in a situation where you are at your end or uh, something really difficult has happened or maybe it was before you knew the Lord, but you said, God, if you'll get me out of this, then I'll serve you. Well, God hears all of that. A funny little story, when I was getting to know my husband, he used to, on his way home, say to God, if she will love me, if we will get married, I promise I will serve you for the rest of my life. Which is such a funny thing because he hadn't given his life to Christ yet. He didn't even know Jesus at that point. And yet God heard him. And I had no idea he was doing this. He told me some years later, of course, well, we did end up coming to Jesus together. We ended up getting married and he did end up serving God for the rest of his life. But all that to say is words matter. What we say matters. That's actually the title for episode 18. If you want to go more into the power of words, I highly recommend listening to that one. Promises, covenants, they are no small thing. And we are held to our words. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. There at the end of verse 12 in James chapter 5, he uses the same language. Where James says, let your yea be yea and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. We don't want our words to stumble us or cause us to sin unnecessarily. But thank God, as believers and followers of Christ, we have access to the living word and the Holy Spirit of God that can lead us in all truth rather than to the flesh. The more we trust the living word, the more our words can be trusted. Guys, we are all a work in progress. But thank God with Jesus, it's him doing the work in us. Going back to James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Is any among you afflicted? The word afflicted means to be in pain, suffering, or distress. And it goes on to say, let him pray. We must remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but spiritual and mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He has the power to release us and to release that in us. We must be people of prayer if we want to experience his power. So if you are in distress, if you are in pain or suffering, pray. And he goes on to say, is any merry? Let him sing psalms. When we are merry, sing to the Lord. This totally reminds me of Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul says, starting in verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, 
wherein is excess. That's not the kind of Mary that James was talking about. But be filled with the Spirit, for it is the Spirit that produces that fruit of joy in our lives, bringing melody to our hearts. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And that fruit is produced by that seed of the word of God springing up in us. The next verse there says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be thankful. And like we read, be filled with the Spirit. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice again the next verse, he talks about giving thanks. And he says, Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So a little side note on that teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, like it says. So often we think of music just in the context of praising and worshiping. But we see here that very much it is also used for teaching and admonishing. Music has become such a major part of our culture and our Christian culture that people are forming doctrine and beliefs based off of the songs that they're singing over and over again week after week. This obviously is something that is very close to my heart for someone that has done music ministry for so many years. We must be responsible to make sure that what we are singing lines up with truth. For God is seeking such to worship him in spirit and in truth. May our desire be to worship him as he desires. And may the music that he gives us, like it says here, teach and admonish in the ways of truth, in the beauty of holiness, in humility, in thanksgiving, in purity. And before I go, I want to leave you with Psalm 71, starting in verse 22. The Psalm of David says, I will praise thee with psaltery, even thy truth. O oh my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp. O oh, thou Holy One of Israel, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long. With his truth and spirit in us, and his word on our lips, may we be the true worshipers that he desires and keepers of our word and of his. Be prepared to live like you've never